This chapel message is brought to you by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn with me this morning to Jeremiah chapter 15. And I'm going to pick up the reading in verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 15. And I want to share with you, have you ever, have you ever had an opportunity to speak somewhere and it, you weren't quite done with the message? And this is one of those kind of uh, things I want to share with you, just some things that the Lord's been kind of stirring in me. When I say it's not quite done, is there, I just keep writing as the Lord just keeps uh, sharing things with me about this particular subject that I want to talk about uh, the middle today. And, and uh, so I want you to just kind of listen in as I read this passage of Scripture that God really challenged me with just a, a few weeks ago. Jeremiah chapter 15, beginning in verse 10. Then I said, What sorrow is mine, my mother, oh, that I had died at birth. I am hated everywhere I go. I am neither a lender or threatens to for, to for, who threatens to foreclose, nor a borrower who refuses to pay. Yet they all curse me. The Lord replied, I will take care of you, Jeremiah. Your enemies will ask you to plead on their behalf in times of trouble and distress. Can a man break a bar from iron from the north or a bar of bronze at no cost to them? I will hand over your wealth and treasures as plunder to your enemies, for sin ruins runs rampant in your land. I will tell your enemies to take you captive as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever." Then I said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. It's your, for your sake that I am suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them, and they are my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God of heavenly armies. I never joined the people in their merry feast. I sat alone because of your hand was upon me. I was filled with indignation at their sins. Why then does my suffering continue? Why is my wound so incurable? Your help seems as uncertain as a seasonable brook, like a spring that has gone dry. This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them and don't let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect you and to rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from their cruel hands. I want to talk today about the middle. And I, I got a confession, I am a middle child, one of those stereotypical middle, middle children, but I hate to be in the middle. I hate to be in the middle. Now, I'm not complaining about my upbringing. I'm not complaining about my birth order. Uh, I have no complaints about being a middle child. But for some reason, I hate being in the middle of something. Now, there are three uh, positions of leadership that I think are important for us to look at. Leading out in front. It's where a leader kind of says, come on, let's go. And they, they, they forge the way, they lead the way, and they're leading out in front. Very popular kind of a form of leadership. There's another form of leadership. It's leading from behind. 
And it's not going out in front of people and saying, it's not directional, but it's, you know, you're kind of gathering up the, the crew and giving them some direction and communication. And, and this when when the leader says, go, here's, they point towards a direction and they're pointing in that, in that sphere of influence and trying to disciple and to build up and to utilize the gifts and strengths of people. So you can be out in front when you're leading, you can be behind when you're leading, but you can also be leading in the middle, leading in the middle. It's, it's, where, it's one of those positions where you, instead of saying, let's go or go, you're saying, where do I go? How do I, how do I go about this? And I think it's really interesting because when I talk about leading in the middle today, I don't want you to think I'm not talking about middle management. I'm not talking about those kind of things. But I'm talking about a trend that I see taking place. It's kind of a post-pandemic kind of sphere of leadership where you find yourself leading in the middle. It's a, it's a tough place to be. Leaders find themselves in this place mediating and managing in the middle of a lot of difficult trials and a lot of difficult situations. This is a, the leadership position that I like the least. I don't mind if you say, hey, go out in front and lead these people and t- take them forward. And I don't mind that role. I don't mind if they say, we want you to take more of a back seat in here and kind of help these people gather up their resources and, and get moving. I don't like that. But it's in this role of leading in the middle that's, uh, that's relatively difficult. And it's happening more and more. It's that leadership role that I like the least. I find myself in a in a role of leadership outside of CMDA that's been, become very challenging. It's become very difficult. I said to Cheryl just recently as we were traveling home, I said, I feel like the most popular, unpopular person in the organization. <laughs> because the situation that we're having to deal with is divided people and two sides of a story, two sides of an issue. And as the chairperson of the organization, of the board, I find myself trying to mediate between these two sides, and it's a 50-50 kind of situation. What makes leading in the middle so hard is there's no majority in the middle. It's a 50-50 tie, and casting your vote uh, breaks the tie, and sometimes in the process, it breaks you. You see, it's interesting that sometimes when a decision's obvious, uh, it's, it's obvious when it's unanimous, when everyone's saying, this is what we should do. And in fact, prior to a, kind of a pandemic kind of world, as a leader, you were trying to look and say, okay, what decision can we make that we can get about 90%, 90 to 95% of our people behind the direction we're going? But because of the pandemic, it's kind of divided our country. It's divided our world. It's divided our churches. It's divided our communities. And many of these decisions are like a 50-50. And you know as a leader that any decision that you make is, is going to be a 50-50 shot of making some people really mad and some people really happy. And, and it's difficult. There has always been a, a, a dissent in leadership. There's always been that one or few no votes. But today we are so divided in leadership that leaders find themselves leading in the middle. And it's a frustrating place to be. Leaders, leaders who want to be liked have a difficult place in this role of leadership because no one likes to be hated, right? And if you're in, a, if you're in the middle where you know it's kind of divided and no matter what you decide, there will be this group over here that's mad at you and this group over here that's happy that you made the decision. If you choose the other way, it reverses just the, other, the opposite is true. Leaders who want to be liked don't like being in this middle seat because they, uh, they, don't want to be, they don't want to be hated in this role of leadership. They don't want to be cursed. So Jeremiah, um, he, he, he comes up with this idea of, as I was reading through the book of Jeremiah, we, we got to this point in verse 10 where it says, I'm neither, I'm neither the lender 
or the borrower. I was reading through on my, on my uh, reading, my daily reading for, in, in the book of Jeremiah. And it was interesting because what I heard is I read that passage of Scripture. It may not have jumped out to you like it did to me, but I'm neither the lender or the borrower. And what I heard was this voice that just said he was in the middle. He wasn't on either side of this equation. He just found himself in this kind of a miserable moment because he found himself in the middle of this circumstance. He was in the middle of being God's spokesperson for for the Lord and God's righteousness and God's justice that was being demanded for, for for his children there. And all of a sudden, Jeremiah is the spokesperson. He's speaking out against all the sin and the the forsaking that had taken place, and, and he's, he's really, really upset. He finds himself in the middle of it all. There's two pictures that I think describe this difficult place. How many of you remember being in grade school, playing the monkey in the middle, right? And, and so uh, when I began to think about this place, this uh, service, this place of leadership where we find ourselves in the middle, I began to have this kind of flashback to when I was in, in uh, grade school and you got chosen to be in the middle. Now, let me remind you, if you remember this, this game, that the object of this game is to do what? Get out of the middle, right? I mean, who, I mean maybe you were different when you were growing up, but maybe you thought, man, I just love being in the middle here, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to get the ball and get out of the middle here. I just want to stay here because I really enjoy this spot. No, probably not. Most people, when they played the game, uh, monkey in the middle, they wanted to get out of the middle. And, and most people, that when they find themselves managing in this place of being in the middle, they, they just they want to get out of it. They want to... They want to they wanna leave this, this kind, of, kind of role. Well, there's one other picture. If I think about a picture that best describes what leading in the middle, this middle place of leadership is, is this picture right here. Huh? I mean, nothing better describes this place than the airline, the three seats. Now, there's been a little bit of time where the airline kind of took care of this because of COVID. You couldn't have a... You couldn't book an aisle seat. Those are, those are good days to, to fly. But anyone that's ever worked for me, I've always given them this first instruction, don't ever book me in the middle. Because I hate, even though I'm a middle child, I hate to be in the middle. It's an incredibly uncomfortable situation, especially if you're this guy here, right? I mean, have you ever been there? You're, you're in the middle. You just wanted some time. You wanted to read. You wanted to do something, and you found yourself... In the middle, or post-COVID, you find yourself with this guy right here. They're blowing their noses and coughing and sneezing, and you're like, ah, I just want to, I just want to, just want to get out. Well, in fact, uh, the, the reality is that when we're in the middle, we're often looking. If, if I, I've been a couple times, for some reason, a, a staff member made a mistake and they, they booked me in that middle chair. The worst of those, I mean, if it's on a 20-minute flight, that's not that big a deal. But it, when it's on one of those coming... Uh, from another country and you're stuck on a 10-hour trip and you're stuck in the middle, that's a miserable, miserable moment. And anytime I've ever found myself in that middle chair, I'm always kind of looking around like this or, or, or getting to know the stewardess pretty well to see if I can't find some place that I can get out of the middle. Why? Because the middle is, is a difficult place to be and it's hard to handle. Tim El- Elmore in his newest book, the, the, the Eight Paradoxes of Leadership, Great Leaders, uh, he describes in the first part of the book about the great exodus that's taken place since the pandemic. And there's all these companies that have lost their CEOs. There's all these groups who have, uh, who have stepped aside. And what most people have decided, be, it's better to leave than it is to lead when you're stuck in the middle. It's a difficult place to be. 
Remember Jeremiah's kind of rule, this, I'm neither the lender or I'm not the borrower. I'm in the middle. Well, the curse of this leading in the middle is this. When you're leading in the middle, the curse is that you make both sides equally unhappy. Have you, have you ever, like, you know you've got to make a decision based on everything you know, and what you're discovering is, I know I'm going to make a bunch of people mad when I make this decision. I'm going to disappoint a lot of people when I choose A over B or B over A. And there's just this curse, and Jeremiah talks about the curse that he felt being cursed. What is it? I think it's that he felt like he was stuck in the middle and every wasn't the lender or the borrower, and everyone seemed to hate him for his role. He was the spokesperson for God. Look at some of these things that we see that Jeremiah describes or God described about Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 15. He described in verse 10 a lost sorrow. Verse 15, he talked about the desperation that he kind of felt in this role. Second part of verse 15, he talks about the panic that he experienced. Verse 17, he talked about the loneliness that he had. It felt like he was all alone in this role. Why? Because he was the deciding vote. He's the one that's going to cast his vote and speak on, uh, as God's spokesperson. And, and he, he felt completely lonely. He felt isolated and abandoned. He was, in verse 15 and verse 18, he describes the suffering. And in verse 18, he talks about the ongoing suffering that he experienced. And then in verse 18, he describes the uncertainty of it all. He, he basically says, listen, I feel like uh, it's like a brook that's a seasonal brook. And right now it's kind of dried up. And and God's presence and activity in my life almost seems like the brook has completely dried up. And life is full of uncertainty. A lot of interesting emotions that find themselves in the middle seat. Being in the middle can be miserable. It can be muddy. It can be messy. And sometimes all the above. So what do we do when we're in a place of leadership where God's called us to a place that we don't like to be, don't want to be, and we find ourselves in this uncomfortable spot where we didn't choose the middle seat, but God chose that seat for us to be in for his divine purposes. That's where Jeremiah sits. In the book of Jeremiah, and particularly here in Jeremiah chapter 15, the middle seat is complicated because it's contentious. There's crisis, there's conflict, there are challenges. And when you sit in that place of authority where you have to lead from the middle, not from the front, not from behind, but in the middle of it all, it is an uncomfortable place to be because you know that your voice and your vote tips the scales of the judgment. Politically, it's a, it's a place where Joe Manchin or a Kirsten Cinema sits where they're very unpopular, very hated because their party, they're not going along with their party on what they want. How many leaders have taped this to the mirror in the morning? Psalm 55, verse 6. Oh, that I had the wings like a dove and I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, okay, I want to be like one of those other leaders who just kind of lead. I don't want to sit in this middle seat. I don't want to be the one that's casting the deciding vote. I don't want to be the one who's making this decision. Everyone on both sides of this issue are, are, are upset and you, you're becoming the most popular, unpopular person because you will not make a stand for what they want and what they're choosing or what that side wants. 
I remember saying in the midst of the pandemic that I wanted to write a book. And I wanted it to be called, Why Would Anyone Want to Be a Leader? And uh, someone would chuckle and I'd say, but I haven't written the book because I haven't figured out why, why yet. You kind of got to figure out the answer before you do it. A lot of times we find ourselves in these unpopular situations in these middle chairs where, where we're, if we're not careful, um, it's, it's just a very difficult place to be. And Jeremiah knows exactly what's going on in the situation. I just read his emotions a second ago. But Jeremiah also knows in verse 15 that God knows exactly what's taking place in his life in this middle chair. I don't, I don't have the, the, the time the, the today but, um, to, to go into these, but look at some of these statements that, Jer- that, that God makes to Jeremiah as he sits in this middle chair. Four things to keep in mind from God's perspective. Number one, in verse 11, God says to Jeremiah, I, I'll take care of you. And I love this. I mean, it says in the scripture, he said, uh, when, when Jeremiah is talking about being hated in this middle chair and, and how he feels cursed and cussed by everyone around him, what God, first things that God speaks to him is this, Jeremiah, I'll be with you, Jeremiah. I love that he calls his name there. Because I put the blank here because one of the things I think we need to hear from the Lord is, uh, I'll take care of you, Bert, in this situation. It's one of the first things that I, I felt like as I was reading through this situation, facing a very, very difficult decision that I had to make uh, in regard to the situation I was telling you about a second ago. And I felt like he was saying my name, I'll, I'll take care of you, Bert in this leadership trial, and this leadership difficulty as you make this decision. The second thing is, I will restore you. Verse 19. Uh, this has been really hard on, on Jeremiah. And you can kind of feel as you read through uh, the preceding chapter and the, the, the one that follows, there's this, uh, Jeremiah is overwhelmed with the intensity of what the weight that he's carrying. And you can kind of see that it's had a toll on him. And these kind of situations can do that. God says, not only I will take care of you, he said, and calls him by name, but then he goes on to say, I will restore you. The third thing he says is this, in verse 20, he says, I will make you secure. Sometimes when you're in that middle chair, things seem very insecure and uncertain, as I mentioned a moment ago, how Jeremiah felt like the brook had been drying up. Things can be insecure and uncertain, but God says, I'll make you secure. Why? Verse 20, for I will be with you. As you make this decision, as you continue to lead in this middle position, as you stay in this middle chair and don't look for another place to sit and don't, don't, uh, aren't part of the great exodus that's taking place in leadership today, if you'll stay in that seat, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to use you and I'm going to make you secure in the decisions that you have to make. And he says, I'll keep you safe. In verse 21, I'll keep you safe. And it says in the text, it says, I will certainly Keep you safe. So it's almost as if he's saying it's a, it's a bit of a money-back guarantee. I will do this for you. So what does God say? These four I will statements that God makes to Jeremiah as he sits in the middle chair. I will take care of you, calls him by name. I will restore you. I will make you secure, for I am with you. And I will keep you safe. I will protect you. So what are some things that may be helpful God speaks not only his I will statements to Jeremiah, but then he begins to challenge Jeremiah on some things that will make a difference. And this is what really, really helped me. Let me just quickly share with you these four things to keep in mind when you're in the middle chair. Number one is return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. And I thought this was really interesting. What God's talking about being with Jeremiah and keeping him safe and protecting him, one of the first things he says to him in verse 19 is, return to me, and I'll restore you. Return to me, and I'll restore you. 
There can be some leadership drift leading through a rift in difficult circumstances. Conflict can afflict even, even the ones who are mediating, even the ones who are in the middle chair. And sometimes you're not, you're not the conflict, you're not, but you're in the midst of the conflict. And what you find is oftentimes that it, it pulls you down. It, it brings you down. And God didn't say, tell these people to return to me. He's done that many a times where he says to the, to the people of Israel, if you return to me, I'll return to you. But to Jeremiah, who's been in the middle of the situation, what he says to them is, him is, if you return to me, I'll, I'll restore you. I'll make you whole. I'll replenish you. We sometimes think that we need to resolve something in this middle chair. And what the Lord is saying is that no, we don't need to resolve something. We need to return to him. Because the seed is so uncomfortable, we often drift in it. We're often not on our, on our game. The weight of the decision, the weight of the, the challenge often impacts us to the point. And, and verse 19 says, If you speak good words rather than worthless words, your words can, can get us uh, in trouble, right? What had happened to Jeremiah? God has him in this place where he's supposed to be God's mouthpiece, but because of all the cursing and hatred he was going through in the middle... He had just kind of become off his game. And one of the things the Lord said is, return to me. The second thing he says is this, rest. Excuse me, reset. You must influence them. I love verse 19b. You must influence them. Don't let them influence you. At its basic core, leadership is defined as one word, influence. John Maxwell says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And what God says to Jeremiah is, you're even in this middle chair, and you need to return to me so I can restore you, but you also need to push the reset button because instead of you influencing them, they're influencing you. Have you ever matched the reaction of somebody else? You're in that middle chair, and they, they get angry, they curse, they... they they, 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 they don't like what you're doing and they get loud and you get loud and you match per match. And all of a sudden, the Lord's saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, you need to reset. God has put you in an influential seat in a middle chair. Your leadership role can take a toll on your well-being, but don't let the role rob you of your joy. Don't let the role rob you of your place of influence. And Jeremiah, I've called you for this time and I've put you in this middle chair, and I need you to understand that. So return to the Lord, reset, but number three is reflect on God's Word. One of the things that goes by the wayside for many leaders in this, this very difficult place of leadership in the middle is they, they, they back off on their reading of the Word of God. It's a dangerous place to be because that's, that's the one thing that helps us through these challenging times. What Jeremiah, from his, from his testimony, says in verse 16, I discovered your word, I devoured in your word, your word, and then I delighted in your word. It became the joy of my life. Part of the reset for Jeremiah was this idea that, Jeremiah, you can't keep going on trying to lead in the middle. You've got to get into the word. You need to reflect on God's word. Discover it, the power of it. You need to devour it, and you need to just let it be your delight. Let God see you through that. At this prayer retreat I was at just a, a few weeks ago, I, I spent a lot of time in prayer asking the Lord to kind of help me as I navigated through this difficult situation. And what the Lord just kind of kept saying to me was, dig in the Word, delight in it, devour it, discover the power of it. 
And let me, the, word, the Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And let it be that which you consume that begins to make the difference in the changes that need to take place in, in your life. Return to the Lord. Reset. Reflect. And number four, rest and relax in God's presence. One of the things that God has said to Jeremiah in the story is, listen, Jeremiah, I am with you. And the word as we read and reflect on the Word, it says that, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, I care for you. De- Deuteronomy 3, 18 and Joshua 1, 5 and many other places in the Scripture, I will never leave you. Matthew 28, verse 20, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Rest and relax in my presence. So get in the Word and begin to just devour the Word and then rest in this simple fact, I'm in control I'm in charge, and I'll get you through this. So a couple years ago, Cheryl and I were invited to go to a retreat. We got our way paid to a retreat, and we went there. It was a place. I'll be honest with you, the retreat wasn't very good at all, okay? It was, actually, it was terrible. But it was a really, really nice place. It was good food. We had a really nice place we could stay and get away. They had a, a gift basket for us that had some food and some books, and the idea was you got away and you went to some of these seminars, which I said they weren't very, they weren't very good, they weren't very memorable, but there was a little card, forget the, all the candy, forget the good books, but there was this little card in the basket that said this, Lord, the ministry is yours, I'm going to bed. And the idea was to take this little card out and to sit it beside your bed, and no matter what, no matter what weight you were carrying, no matter what you were doing, uh, no matter what you were facing in your middle chair, of leadership is I would look at that card every night and I, bought, I wore the card out. And so uh, about a year or so ago, I had someone who was a woodworker uh, inscribe for me a, a wooden plaque that sits by my bed. And every night I, I go to bed with this, this idea and he goes, this, Lord, the ministry's yours and I'm going to bed. I may find myself in a, in a middle chair in a situation or a circumstance or whatever the case may be. And rather than looking around to see how I can get out of it and escape it, I'm going to embrace it because God called me to that role. Lord, the ministry is yours. I'm going to bed. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. And then I would add, then go to bed and rest in Him. So wind down, I think it's interesting to me, and I wish I had more time to go into this, but Christ found himself leading in the middle. Have you ever thought about that? He found himself leading in the middle uh, to reconcile God's justice and man's sinfulness. It says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. And this was the thought that the Lord gave me about that verse of Scripture. The mediator in the middle can be a, re, be a redemptive role if we stay in our seat. The mediator in the middle can be a redemptive role if we stay in our seat. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels and could have escaped the middle seat, being the middle person between God's uh, uh, righteousness and man's sinfulness. He could have said, I don't need this. I, I've got my spot in heaven. But he stayed in the middle seat. And he died on the cross and he rose again so that the redemptive process could begin. As uncomfortable as this seat is, sometimes God calls us to stay in our seat and to embrace it 
instead of trying to escape it. 